Welcome to episode 148 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about April 2021, the month the fake news came out of the closet. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as Officer Derek Chauvin, the gun show loophole, illegal immigration, the Great Depression, or Antifa comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, and Rumble. And on Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Hunter Biden was out on the circuit promoting his book. Who would read this trash? I have no idea. I'll tell you what, he's a better liar than his old man. He lied at least half a dozen times, including about one having no recollection of meeting his stripper baby mama and the laptop that may be his. And as documented in the book, he unknowingly admitted to lying on a gun purchase application regarding his drug abuse. He had this to say about the laptop during an interview. There could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. It could be that I was hacked. It could be that was it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. See what I mean about being a professional liar? Given the subtitle of this episode, please note that when the New York Post broke the Hunter Biden story late last fall, their Twitter account was suspended. Major news outlets refused to cover the story, and some like NPR made public pronouncements to that effect. In order to get real news about the Bidens and, quite frankly, the entire Democratic Party agenda, you have to go to some overseas news outlets like Australia's Sky News or the UK's Daily Mail. Keeping with the theme of this episode, the media was yet again exposed as fake news on a couple of different stories. Turns out that the Russians are paying bounties for the heads of American soldiers in Afghanistan and Trump isn't doing shit about it. Turns out that story was fake news. Also, we found out via Project Veritas that produced footage of a CNN technical director admitting that the network pushed inaccurate anti-Trump stories while at the same time promoting pro-Biden stories, essentially admitting that they are a propaganda arm of the National Democrats and admitting that they are fake news. Twitter, in an effort to protect the narrative, promptly permanently suspended Project Veritas's account. I guess they will just have to move over to Parler or Rumble or Gab or BitChute or Brighteon. Lots of choices these days. And in another fake news story, the killing of Officer Brian Sicknick at the January trespassing event at the Capitol was bullshit. He died of natural causes. Of course, anyone who pays the least bit of attention to the real news knew this back in February. Here's what I said back in episode 140, The Truth About February 2021. Speaking of domestic terrorism and the trespassing and vandalism episode at the Capitol in January, 
It turns out the Capitol Hill police officer, Brian Sicknick, was not killed by the evil Trump-supporting insurrectionists like the media and the establishment has told us. Nope. Just another in a long list of lies told to the American people by the Uniparty. Remember everyone involved in this farce, from Mitch McConnell to Chuck Schumer to Mitt Romney to Nancy Pelosi and everyone in between. They all celebrated the death of Officer Brian Sicknick because of the opportunity it presented. They rushed to endorse their narrative that he was murdered by crazed Trump supporters on the day that will live in infamy, January 6th, when he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. They rushed to have his body cremated. They rushed to make sure he was laid in honor at the Capitol. They rushed to bury him at Arlington National Cemetery because, you know, he's the equivalent of a war hero fighting off the bloodthirsty, Trump-loving domestic terrorists. Then his mother comes out and said it was all a lie. All in order to bash Trump, his supporters, and have a reason to push for domestic terrorism legislation that will make the purge of conservatives on social media look like a walk in the park. Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all charges in the death of George Floyd. The prosecution's case was full of emotions, very little substance besides the few subject matter experts that they put on the stand. All the prosecution's first witnesses were witnesses of the incident, and they testified as to how they felt seeing the incident. The police chief threw Chauvin under the bus. He mentioned the look on Floyd's face. The judge declined to change the venue. He declined to sequester the jury so that they would not be exposed to all the left-wing violence or threats of violence if they did not find him guilty. The judge declined to offer immunity to Floyd's drug dealer, who was in the car with him that fateful day, who likely sold him the drugs, in which he eventually overdosed on and died. Without that testimony, the jury did not get the full picture. A BLM activist threatened to burn down cities if he wasn't found guilty. Devilish Congresswoman Maxine Waters showed up the day before jury deliberations and encouraged more activism and violence. President Biden prayed about the outcome of the case. The jury and the judge all chose self-preservation over justice. I mean, why take a chance and get your house burned down for doing the right thing? In episode 147, The Truth About the Trial of Derek Chauvin, I pose a series of questions about the circumstances on that fateful day, including, have you ever read the Minnesota Police Department's training manual as it stood prior to the death of George Floyd? In particular, did you ever read section 5-311, quote, use of neck restraints and chokeholds? Have you read the transcripts of the body camera footage from several of the officers involved in the Floyd arrest? Do you know what a hooping is? Are you familiar with the drug fentanyl? Do you know how much fentanyl was in Floyd's system the day he died? Do you know what the drug fentanyl does to the body? In particular, what it does to lung capacity? Do you know whose idea it was to put George Floyd on the ground? Do you know how many times Floyd said, I can't breathe? Do you know when Floyd first said, I can't breathe? During the nine minutes that Floyd was restrained on the ground, how much time was Chauvin's knee actually on Floyd's shoulder? Montana passed a nullification bill on federal gun control, which prohibits state enforcement of any new federal gun control laws. If you're not familiar with the concept of nullification, check out episode 23. This is a concept that you need to know a little bit about, given the direction that the country is going and the overreach of the federal government. 
This particular bill prohibits police officers, state employees, and employees of any political subdivision of the state from enforcing, insisting in the enforcement of, or otherwise cooperating in the enforcement of any new federal bans on firearms, magazines, or ammunition. This is a big deal. Keep your eye on the nullification efforts around the country. The voter drive at the border became undeniable in April. Some conservatives called it a crisis at the border, but the White House denied that it was a crisis before later in the month saying the C-word, crisis. It did kind of slip out of the mouth of the press secretary, but make no mistake, it's not a crisis. It's a voter drive for the Democratic Party. I published an entire episode on this topic, episode 143, so I won't go into too much detail. Suffice it to say, Biden encouraged the immigration rush at the border, allowing rampant sexual abuse of women and children migrants. He allowed criminals and sexual predators into the country by ending the use of background checks. He permitted the mixing of COVID-positive immigrants at the border facilities with healthy immigrants. He also ended DNA testing at the border, which helps Border Patrol know whether that child you have with you is related to you or you're just a kidnapper, coyote, or a sexual predator. Now, you say, why in the hell would he do that? Wouldn't he want to know if the adult accompanying a minor was a relative? Well, the answer is, of course, no. Of course not, because the National Democrats are running a voter drive at the border and child trafficking is just part of the process. These people are evil, pure and simple. Which is no surprise as they have advocated for the unequivocal killing of babies in the womb for decades. A former NFL player committed a mass murder-suicide in South Carolina. Not much mainstream press coverage like we've seen recently with wall-to-wall coverage of every mass shooting. I wonder why that is. As I mentioned in episode 144, the left has a formula for mass shootings. If the shooter is white, immediately release his name, show his picture continually for at least five straight days, preferably one that makes him look devilish and demonic, blame white supremacy, investigate all of his social media posts, and sprinkle in some obligatory gun control language about the NRA and Republicans. If the shooter is not white, as was in the case in South Carolina, keep his name under wraps for as long as possible, focus all the attention on gun control, vigorously blame the NRA and Republicans, and in this case, indict the NFL and concussions. Ignore the shooter's social media profile and sprinkle in some obligatory white supremacy language if possible. In Columbus, Ohio, a police officer shot a 15-year-old girl to death just as she raised a knife to stab another girl. Outrage ensued. Why, you may be wondering? Oh, because of what I just outlined. The officer was white and the shooting victim was black. Oh, and the girl's life that the officer probably saved from being stabbed, she was black too. So the recipe was correct for the race-baiting anti-American crowd to go into full outrage mode. Problem, the girl who the officer saved thanked him publicly. Oh, and NBC doctored the video just like they did the George Zimmerman 911 call. And LeBron James, yeah, he posted a picture of the officer involved in the shooting with the words, you're next, on Twitter. He subsequently deleted the tweet, but in so doing, he just proved the demented nature of politically induced mental illness on the left in America. P.S. LeBron's Twitter account was not suspended. He has liberal privilege. What kills more unarmed people? Lightning strikes or police? Hint, it's not police. Just saying. New York decided it was a good idea to reward illegal immigrants with COVID relief checks of upwards of $15,000.
What else besides politically induced mental illness can explain such a policy? Check out episode 136 for a deep dive into that topic. After four years of rigorous harassment of Trump, the Washington Post announced that they are ending its presidential fact-check database. What a coincidence! Just a hundred days into President Biden's administration. I wonder if they are going to go back and correct the record where they flagged Trump as a liar for his comments about the bogus Mueller Russian collusion investigation, or his comments about the two sham impeachments, or his comments about the phony Russia bounty story, or his comments about voting irregularities, improprieties, and illegalities in the 2020 election. The Washington Post explained that Trump lied so much it required hundreds of hours of work by their staff. And Biden lies so little that they just don't need to maintain the database anymore. I don't smell anything here, do you? Oh wait, I do smell something. It's either bullshit or media bias. Or both. Congressional Democrats are pushing a bill to end the partnership between ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and local police to enforce federal immigration laws. See, ICE takes illegals into custody while they await trial, and once an illegal serves their time, if convicted, ICE picks them up and deports them. The alternative that Democrats are advocating for is to allow illegal immigrant criminals, alleged or otherwise, to roam the streets of America. It's called the Protect Immigration Act. Can any of you explain why the lives of American citizens are less important than non-citizen criminals, alleged or otherwise? While Americans stuck their collective heads in the sand, slept, watched porn, binged on Netflix, played video games, watched sports, argued about equity, justice, and the choice to kill our babies, while America rioted and looted our major cities over false narratives, allowed massive fraud at the ballot box, elected people like Bush, Obama, Trump, and Biden, all of whom exacerbated our biggest weakness, while we did all that, China plotted our destruction by working towards a gold-backed wand. Can you say the collapse of the U.S. dollar? More backtracking by the CDC during April. It now claims there's only a 1 in 10,000 chance of getting COVID from surfaces. So we unnecessarily freaked out over touching surfaces and contracting COVID. Then, then they told us we didn't need to wear masks. Before, they told us to wear a mask, but then they told us to wear two masks. They also advocated for lockdowns as the only way to contain the virus, except if you read peer-reviewed scientific studies, you knew they were full of shit. Just remember, folks, the federal government has a 100% failure rate. You take their advice at your own peril. A comprehensive study was recently published at the NIH website demonstrating the ineffectiveness of face masks to block the transmission of COVID-19 and pointing out that they can cause health problems due to the carbon monoxide that you're breathing in and out and in and out. The study reviewed dozens of other studies and provides a nice summary of their findings. See, it turns out COVID-19 is a new age religion and mask wearing is their sacrament. A white female cop killed a black male in the suburbs of Minneapolis. She thought she had her taser in her hand. She yelled, Taser! Taser! before pulling the trigger as she tried to stop the perp from driving away. Of course, riots ensued and the Dems called for abolishment of the police rather than to tell people to stop resisting arrest and avoid getting shot, even if it's by mistake. 
Early in the month, the idea known as Antifa, as President Biden labeled them during one of the debates with Trump, they spent several days trying to burn down federal buildings in Portland. Then late in the month, the idea threatened a Seattle church and the surrounding community with violence and arson if the church went forward with an appearance by conservative activist Charlie Kirk. Can anyone say domestic terrorism? Nope. Our Justice Department cannot be bothered with prosecuting those who convey threats because they are too busy incarcerating and persecuting and prosecuting 500 plus people who happened to be at the Capitol on July 6th of this year. Oh, and they're very busy kicking in Rudy Giuliani's door to execute a search warrant. I swear, the FBI is nothing more than a political hit squad for the Democratic Party. Further evidence of that claim was provided in April when some FISA court documents were declassified, revealing FBI abuses of FISA-acquired information, i.e. the FBI continues to spy on Americans without a warrant. The FBI personnel who pursued this have nothing to worry about. Don't worry about lying on FISA applications. You have liberal privilege. No fear of prosecution. Democrats pushed for sweeping gun control legislation. Biden said no amendments to the Constitution are absolute when speaking about the Second Amendment. My question is, is that an absolute statement? What about the 13th Amendment? Or the 16th? Are those absolute? The Duke of Edinburgh, the Queen of England's husband, died at the age of 99. Biden administration climate czar John F. Kerry, who served in Vietnam, was caught red-handed passing on intelligence to the Iranians. He, of course, should be indicted and charged, but like Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and lying FBI officials, they all have liberal privilege, and the Justice Department never prosecutes their own. Biden signed another executive order. I think this is like his 50th one in his first three months in office. This one created a study committee on packing the Supreme Court. For those of you who don't understand this whole issue, all you need to know is there's been nine justices on the court for over 100 years. Right now, it appears that the conservative justices outnumber liberal justices five to four, although I would argue that it's four to five given Chief Justice John Roberts' voting record on key issues. Anyways, the Democrats are pissed off that Trump got to fill three seats. Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. And they are pissed that the Republican-led Senate refused to advise and consent on Obama's pick to replace Antonin Scalia with Merrick Garland, who is currently serving as the Attorney General. Anyway, the Dems are pissed, so they want to just throw another four liberal super-legislators on the bench like Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. It's a blatant political power play that, if the Republicans tried to implement, would not be tolerated by the Dems or the media. The NCAA came out in support of transgender biological males participating in women's sports. I can't imagine anything going wrong with that. Just another case of politically induced mental illness. Dozens of companies, large ones like Coca-Cola, Target, Bank of America, Starbucks, Apple, Facebook, United Airlines, and Goldman Sachs condemned Georgia's Election Integrity Act passed in March and the subject of episode 145. And given the fact that 70-plus percent of Americans agree with voter ID laws, these cowardly corporations are taking a hit in their pocketbook as the common-sense majority quietly take their business elsewhere, while the minority mob rants and raves and bullies these companies into taking political stances. Why do companies think they need to have an opinion? Their job is to sell shit, 
not pontificate. They need to shut up and sell, or risk going woke and going broke. Maricopa County, Arizona is conducting the largest forensic audit in American history. They're reviewing over 2 million ballots. See, Biden won Arizona by just 11,000 votes, but an initial review of ballots by Trump officials found 15,000 ghost voters, 66,000 underage voters, 20,000 non-residents voters, 10,000 dead people voting, and 395 voters who voted twice. Similar statistics are available in other battleground states where various voting irregularities, improprieties, and illegalities occurred. But don't worry, the mainstream media won't talk about it, and the social media platforms will suspend the accounts of anyone who posts stories about it. In case you're wondering, Democrats have vigorously opposed the audit all the way. If Biden was not already a laughingstock around the world, the dude showed up for a Zoom call with other world leaders. All of them on the screen at the same time. Our virtue signaler-in-chief is the only one wearing a mask. On a Zoom call, the dude is wearing a mask. Resident Biden addressed Congress in April. Well, some of Congress, since the chamber was largely empty. Kind of like Biden's campaign events. Anyways, the chamber was largely empty. You know, because a bunch of fully vaccinated people cannot come together in a room. Not, not yet, anyways. Oh, and they all wore masks during his address, which was a good thing for a few people who actually watched his address. I think the stats were 27 million watched Biden and 48 million watched Trump in his first address in 2017. But don't worry. Don't worry. Biden, he, he got 80, 81 million votes last November. Back to my mask wearing point. The only upside to the fact that everyone was wearing masks, is that for the few people who did watch Creepy Joe discuss how he planned to destroy the country, was that they didn't have to look at Kamala and Pelosi's face the whole night. Of course, Pelosi didn't blink for 90 minutes, so that, that was a little creepy. Conrad Black called the address a declaration of war on America. Basically, the federal government is your daddy. Oh wait, oh wait, according to the left, fathers are not necessary. So let's say, the federal government is your god, cradle to grave. And according to Biden, everything's free. Pre-K, child care, community college. He let us know that white supremacy is terrorism. Oh, and the trespassing on the Capitol in January was the worst attack, even though it wasn't an attack. It was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Yeah, that's what Biden said. Good thing for him that the government schools don't teach real American history. So most of the viewers, who I assume were mostly Democrats, have no idea about Pearl Harbor, 9-11, the assassinations of four presidents, the attempted assassinations of several others. They have no idea about the 1954 assault on the Capitol, or the 1971 weather underground bomb in the Senate, or that a crazy Bernie supporter shot up a congressional Republican baseball practice, almost killing Steve Scalise. Or, heaven forbid, they know about the War of 1812, where much of D.C. was burned to the ground by the Brits. Oh, and Biden. Oh, he took sole credit for the COVID vaccines. He touted unions. He talked about climate change. He called America systemically racist. He encouraged the passage of the House's voter fraud bill, H.R. 1, and he offered the obligatory bashing of the rich. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina delivered the Republicans' response, and for his troubles, Uncle Tim trended on Twitter for almost 12 hours demonstrating where the systemic racism is in America. 
don't worry, no one's Twitter accounts were suspended. Scott made the mistake of committing heresy in the eyes of Democrats by saying, America is not a racist country. And they got pissed off because he painted them as racist monsters, as he pointed out that racism is part of the party's DNA. It stretches back to Jim Crow South. He also said, I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives and by liberals. He also defended the Georgia election integrity law and pretty much refuted most of Biden's agenda. As the month ended, he is public enemy number one. The Dems are beside themselves, given their constant race baiting. But here we have a black conservative senator speaking truth. It must not stand. They'll probably just have the FBI start an investigation on him right after they're done with Florida Governor DeSantis and Rudy Giuliani. And that's the truth about April 2021, the month the fake news came out of the closet. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.